it's about not being afraid to look in the mirror because all of this work to be the best version of ourselves we have to realize that we we are beautifully imperfect and we have to accept that about ourselves we cannot change completely so I think that that's the first step and being willing to look in that mirror see what we love but also be really honest with ourselves about what we need to change what we didn't do so well but doing it in a loving and compassionate way because we can't hope to change anybody else in the world the only person we can change is ourselves and so being comfortable with that mirror loving ourselves but being really really honest as well Hello and welcome to the Unlocked podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Locke, and this podcast is an adventure on how to unlock the best version of ourselves and live an extraordinary life. If you've ever thought, what is the secret to success and why is it that some people are more successful than others, then you're in the right place. As in this podcast, I'm talking to the experts and successful people from around the world and with my own personal stories of failure, together we can unlock the success in your career, business and even your personal life too. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of my latest episodes released every Wednesday. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to this week's episode. Everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. A great quote by Albert Einstein and the perfect one to kick off this week's episode. This week, the fabulous Mel Luizu joins the Unlock podcast for a discussion on when fish climb trees, a simple concept to unlock the best version of yourself and to help you move from the toxic river, that place where you are unhappy and unfulfilled, to Legacy Lake, the place you want to be. I love Mel. She's an absolute fabulous human and probably one of the nicest and happiest people I've ever met. So it's a real pleasure to have her on the show. And by listening to this episode, you will learn three takeaways. You will learn how to go from where you are to where you want to be. We'll be able to unlock tips to become a better version of yourself and unlock how to ditch your fishnets. Yes, bear with me. The fishnets are your limiting beliefs and you'll learn how to dive deep, have those moments of greatest challenges and when we've learned most about ourselves and climb high. So when we have totally, totally been awesome. It's a fantastic concept and you're going to love this episode. But before the episode starts, Mel has kindly given you, the listener of this podcast, a chance to win a signed copy of her book, When Fish Climb Trees. And if you love this episode and you would love a signed copy of this book, it's very simple. All you have to do is get a little bit creative and we would love for you to share what your fishnets look like. What is your interpretation of your own fishnets, those own limiting beliefs? Take a picture of what it might look like, share it on social media and tag me, Ricky Locke and Mel Luizu in your posts and me and Mel will go over the posts and whichever ones we find to be the best creative and the most fun pictures of whatever your interpretation is of your fishnets, you will win a signed copy of the book When Fish Climb Trees. Now the competition will close on the 14th of March 2022 so get your entry shared on social media and we'll announce the winner after the 14th of March. But without further ado, enjoy this episode with Mel Louise. 
Joining me this week is consultant and coach who specializes in leadership development and change management. She's also an author, TEDx speaker, and soon-to-be podcast host of the Dive Deep Climb High Leadership Podcast. Welcome to the show, Mel Luizu. How are you? I'm really well, Ricky. How are you? Very well, thank you. And I cannot wait for this. Already, Mel is is smiling with this huge beaming smile. I can't wait for this. Yes, I'm very well, thanks. Yeah, what about yourself? Yeah, I'm, I'm really good. Just at the end of my isolation period for, for COVID. Um, but fortunately, I haven't been too unwell, although I might sound a little bit nasally <laughs> today. So apologise to listeners for that. Oh, bless you. Well, Mel, thank you for yeah for using your isolation time to share with the Unlock podcast. So thank you very much. Yeah, great to have you on there. And Mel, there is a reason why I wanted to get you onto the show. First, I think you're awesome. And I remember the first time I met you was at the PSA, East Midlands. And I just saw this pink. I was like, this lady looks really cool. What's all this about? And I, I remember, I think you had some like really cool sparkly trainers on. Yeah, and instantly you gripped me and that was a great first impression. And uh, you have a wonderful story and a wonderful book, which we're going to talk about. But as the title of this episode suggests, Mel, tell us, what is the Fish Climb Trees philosophy? Okay, so... The fish climb trees philosophy is something that I have developed over time. And it really, it comes from my experience throughout my career, really. I started off managing very small teams. And I suppose some people would say that I have some natural leadership skills. I, I believe in teamwork. I've always been a pretty good communicator. And so I found myself after university in various managerial positions. And, and I was flying by the seat of my pants, if I'm honest. I just <laughs> did what I, what I thought was the right thing to do. And then I was probably in my early 30s. And we had, I was working for a university and we had a really good training and development manager. And, he, and he, he came to me one day and he said, Mel, you know what? I think you'd really benefit from some coaching. I was like, I don't know what coaching is. <laughs> I was like, I've never heard of it. And he said, are you up for it? And I said, yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and so he booked me um, some sessions with this coach and it, it changed my life. It was, it was a massive revelation I felt like I was in this I just came out after two hours and went that was amazing I could just talk about anything I had a couple of light bulb moments and and that set me on my journey and then then I began a, a journey of personal development in all different ways and once I started that I found my career sort of was on a real upward trajectory and I started to manage bigger and more diverse teams. And people always said to me, oh, you're a good manager because you manage a small team. Well, I started to replicate that and, and managed bigger and bigger teams. In the end, I was responsible for over 600 people across 21 different business functions. And throughout that time, I had personal development. And for me, I, I carved out a, a route for success um, based very much on on values and teamwork um, and mindset really so when I started my business in 2015 
and came up with the name, thanks to a good friend of mine, called Fish Climb Trees. I then started to think about, right, okay, what, what was it that, that made us successful, sort of the team that I'd been with? And I wanted to write a book. And so the book really encapsulates the philosophy. And, and the philosophy is my view of the world, my view of what makes successful leadership, because it is different for every, every person. And so that, that is how the Fish Climb Trees philosophy began. And it, it was really about taking people from that place of believing they can't to one where they absolutely know that they can, whether that's individually or as a team or as an organization. And it's still growing. I, I think with, with ideas like this, they, they continue to evolve and as more people use it and learn about it. And I, I receive that feedback, so, so it gets tweaked. Um, but it is fundamentally based on the idea that we all have the power to be leaders, even if we don't manage a team, personally we do. And that things like this should be fun because part of that journey is the self-reflection piece. And that can be really difficult and challenging. And so I wanted to create something that was quite fun so we could have these difficult conversations, but in a really fun way. So one of the key concepts in the book is around fishnets, the beliefs that we have about ourselves. Now to sit down and say to somebody, actually, I have this really negative belief is quite difficult, but actually to turn around and say, I've got a fishnet and this is my fishnet. <laughs> yes, yeah. It makes it much more comfortable. And what I want to do is to spread the philosophy throughout the world, if I could, um, but in a way that is simple and accessible and fun. And by doing that, it enables people to dive deeper than they ordinarily would do. Yeah, I love that. And and we're going to dive into this, the concept. I love it because one of the cool things I wrote down on my notes is that it's fun. It's not this corporate BS or corporate death by PowerPoint. It's a wonderful strategy of about um, lots. Well, I'm not going to reveal. Yeah, about 14 to 15 wonderful steps, which you'll have to buy the book or listen to Mel as we go through all of it. But we're going to dive into a couple of these in a second. One of the things that really attracted me, though, to you, Mel, was because of what you've just said there about moving people from can't to can. And also what we haven't mentioned, because I've done my research on you, Mel, uh, that not only from that wonderful intro that we had about uh, being a consultant and a coach, you have uh, a wonderful, a wonderful life as well. You are on a, a wonderful journey about unlocking your own potential, but also other people as well. But not only are you a consultant and coach, but I found that obviously you are a master practitioner of NLP. You're also a kinesiologist. You are a qualified yoga teacher for children. And then, of course, uh, obviously from reading in the book, you learn that obviously you've had over 20 years of that career at director level. So this isn't just like a probably a junior kind of leadership role. This is director level, managing small and large teams. Uh, lots of involvement with the Olympics as well, which I read from the book as well. But you've had a lot of challenging conversations. And there's points in the book where I thought, oh my God, I've been in those shoes where I've had to have an awkward and difficult conversation like that. So you are the right person to come on the show to talk about change and uh, dealing with difficult conversations. And, and that is why I wanted to get you on. But I love that you're on that journey. And uh, I quote from your book that you are helping people to fulfill their potential and transform themselves from can't to can. 
Now, you obviously mentioned this about your journey, but what was that initial spark that said, you know what, I am going to stop doing this? You know, Well, you've been helping people at your director level, helping them become a better version of themselves. And there's a, a great result, which I won't reveal, but in the book, how you changed the score. I think it was like something like up to 75% increase. Absolutely fantastic achievement. But what was that initial spark that led to you leaving and creating the business of this wonderful philosophy, Fish Climb Trees? Great question. (laughs) So I had had 15 years at um, Raw Holloway, uh, which part of the University of London. And that was where all, I I was so fortunate there. They supported me in a really fabulous way. They, they, you know, supported my development journey. And that's when I went from sort of a team of six to, to, to 600. But I always think that we get to a point, don't we, where it's a crossroads really. And, and I reached that, that crossroads and I had a choice. I could have stayed stuck and it wasn't stuck but stayed where I was in my comfort zone in a beautiful location with beautiful people doing a job that I really loved but that wasn't necessarily challenging me it it, it always been an upward growth and a bigger and better challenge but but I really felt that I'd reached the um sort of where I was going to go so so I had a choice I could stay or I could go and do something different so I chose to do something different which didn't work out as I was expecting because I went to work for a tech company for a year which was (laughs) oh my gosh such a big change and it was but it was interesting because I think sometimes when you stay somewhere for a long time I know that you you were Argos for a long time when you step out of that it can be really difficult and you think actually all the success I had was that in my head? Was it imagined? Can I replicate that elsewhere? And so even though the tech company wasn't the right environment for me, I still managed to affect change. And after a year, we decided that it wasn't right for either of us. So there was a mutual parting of ways. And it was at that point I said, right, do I want to go and work for somebody else again? Or do I want to start my business? And ever since I'd been a graduate, I'd always wanted to run my own business. So I thought it's now or never. So I jumped <laughs> and I started it and I've, I've never looked back. I mean, I, I feel so blessed to do what I do now. I, I love my work. I love my clients. I love all the different things I've been able to do. Meeting people like you, just, just honestly, it's been fantastic and it definitely isn't about the money (laughs) Um, (laughs) it's about everything else and it's about a work-life balance it's about throwing myself into what I believe that I'm good at it's about watching other people grow but also every day when you have your own business as you'll know you are learning and growing and developing and I I just love it so um love it yeah (laughs) <laughs> brilliant brilliant yeah and obviously that's what's led you on to this wonderful path of obviously the fish climb tree so obviously um to kind of give you a bit of a, a breakdown to all the listeners here 
Uh, Mel kindly gave me a book and it's an absolutely fantastic book, uh, which I'm going to dive into later on because it has some amazing stories that I really connected with, uh, obviously being in a leadership role myself and having those difficult and awkward conversations. But the um, if you could briefly explain, because it's a, it's a fantastic concept. And as I said, the one of the things that really admired me to you is that it is really fun. It is not this boring death by PowerPoint concept. Uh, we had a concept that we really loved, which is very similar because you've got the, the values tree. We had a tree kind of concept, which was about your, uh, back in the old Argos leadership days, about your values. And this was thanks to Matt Edward and the TDIY team about your roots and the roots was your values and your beliefs. And that's what's going to drive your behavior, which is like the shape of the tree and the trunk. And then right at the top of the leaves is you flourishing. And you have, like that was like our main concept, which is brilliant. And you've got that concept already in it, but with all these other added extra bonus things, which we're going to deep dive into the fishnets bit in a minute. But to give the listeners a bit of an idea, um, there's about 14 different concepts, which all have bloody brilliant puns as well. The names for them are absolutely amazing. I love them. Um, but there's lots of different things such as obviously gratitude, visualization, about taking responsibility, understanding who we are, and a, a kind of thing a bit like insights as well, like with the bouncing balls. Um, yeah, love it. But tell us about how on earth did you come up with such a great concept that in essence is helping people go from where they are right now, that toxic river, maybe unhappy, maybe the things that's annoying people every single day to Legacy Lake, the place where they want to be. How on earth did you come up with this amazing concept to get people from there to where they want to be? So there are many different ways that you can write a book. You can self-publish, you can go to a publisher, many, many different ways. And, and I looked at all of those when I was... Well, when I set the goal of, of writing a book, I decided that was what I was going to do. And I looked at self-publishing and then I had a conversation with Richard Hagen, who is also in the PSA. And, and same publishing company, I think, as well. Yeah. Books. Yeah, yeah. In the back of the book. Yeah. 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 So they, they are the publishers. And Richard's business partner is a guy called Martin Pentecost, who has an amazing brain and visualization so so I worked with them on creating my book so we I knew that I wanted it to be based around the whole idea of fish climbing trees that whole sort of impossible but possible yeah. and so I worked with with Martin over over six months so the content and all the ideas are mine and then together Martin and I brainstormed how we could work work a fish climb trees philosophy in to the book and it is really interesting because one of the things that I said at the outset was I didn't want my book to be an ordinary business book I didn't want it to be something that people would pick up and whilst be very interesting put it down um, it, it, I didn't want it to be hard going. I almost wanted it to be a book that you could pick up with a cup of tea and two hours later go, wow, I finished that. And yeah. although it doesn't feel like it at the time, as, it, as it's done for you, when you go away, you start mulling over what, what, what we've dived into, what, what I've talked about. Because for me, again, it's my belief that that's the way that we learn best. So there are laugh out loud moments in there <laughs> and there are bizarre references and all the names 
some people really embrace that and some people just say it's too much and and as with everything we do in our life we are never going to please all the people all the time but I still now that I the book was published in April 2019 so nearly three years ago now I still look at that book and say that is me in a book so if you pick it up and read it we're going to have a great conversation if, <laughs> if you like it but actually if you go actually this isn't for me that's absolutely fine because that is my methodology when I'm coaching when I'm consulting you know when I'm on stage speaking yeah um, so it's a really good insight so I a lot of it came from from myself but it was also the wonders of Martin Pentecost's mind and being able to collaborate in that way. I, I think it's amazing. Yeah. And as I said, it's, it's not the, the kind of typical standard business book. It's fantastic. It's littered with amazing, funny stories written in a way that just connected with me. It was almost as if I was in a conversation with you in real life. So that's the thing that really connected with me. What I love about it as well is that the drawings throughout the book as well are, are really fantastic. And I know that obviously in the book you have the, uh, the scales uh, your own I think is it called fish scales your own scales mm -hmm. which you can obviously download and it's a beautiful painting because uh, you get to see the whole concept but um, as I was going through it because I, I downloaded it this morning it's perfect you could literally just download that and you could you've literally given in this wonderful book a blueprint to help people get from where they are now maybe that state of not feeling great um, probably in a toxic river or a toxic um, environment or culture at work and then get them to where they want to be which I think works like you said not just for solo people individuals but teams and organizations uh, and I'm not going to go through all of the concepts because people need to buy your book now if they want to read all that but they in do. particular one of the things that I really do love about um, there's lots of stuff about gratitude and slingshot but the thing about the fishnets and beliefs and values and I'm big about this about what's important to people in life but um, explain to the listeners about the idea of the fishnets in this concept of getting people from where they are now to where they want to be what's the fishnet element so the fishnets are the beliefs that we have about ourselves and even saying that word I'm sure that there are listeners going <laughs> visualizing one thing and other <laughs> yes. visualizing another and it doesn't really matter because a fishnet whichever way you look at it has got things you can't get through they can and they and the idea in the book is that our fishnets are the beliefs that can keep us stuck where we are we get we get tied up in them and and I'm sure you've had that experience where yeah. there's something going on and you just can't get out of your head and it's it's all those messages that we we tell ourselves you know I'm not good enough I'm not clever enough oh those people don't like me oh I could never do that all of those beliefs and and that's what our fishnets are and and for me and this was the same in my own personal journey when I managed to break through those fishnets then that's when I could move forward and unfortunately we never get rid of these fishnets that's what I've learned anyway yeah. we, we we we're in a particular situation we deal with that fishnet we think great I've got that nailed and then something else will happen in our lives that we've never encountered before <laughs> and it'll be back again and so it's a constant journey but I think just being aware of them just talking about them and then looking at strategies as to how you deal with them is a way forward because so many of us I, I mean I have done sort of off the cuff research with with 
sort of large conferences that I've been at where I've had, I don't know, three, 400 people. And I've asked them to write down what their, their fishnet was. And the most popular one, unsurprisingly, is I'm not good enough. Mm. And we all experience that, I think. I don't think there's anyone on the planet that hasn't experienced yeah. that at some point in our lives. The difference is what we choose to do about it. Because do once we know it's there, we have a choice. Yes. We, can, we can stay stuck in our fishnet or we can choose to break through. And mm. we can do that in a variety of different ways. Um, and there's not one strategy is right it's it's what's right for individuals at that particular moment in their lives and to me it's the difference that makes the difference and again I think that we have our own personal fishnets but our fishnets can inform the fishnets that we then have about other people they can inform our beliefs as a team we can have team fishnets and we can have organizational fishnets as well. So hugely powerful. And, and again, it's just, it's a different way of looking about at something that, that often people find quite uncomfortable talking about. Yeah. You know. I, yeah. Sorry, Mel, carry on. I was interrupting. No, no, no. <laughs> no, we were both going yeah. for it. We we're both thinking. But I think I think I think that is. And and so often people can talk about limiting beliefs, but even that word limiting beliefs is it, it, it's closing down. Whereas fishnets is just something that it sends your imagination into into different yeah. realms, really. And yeah. and it enables the conversations to take place. And that's the important thing. I love it. I'm seeing like a visual image of like finding Nemo stuck in a net and not just trying to get out there but it is so important and we used to discuss this because it is about what's important to you and I remember in a similar um, situation where we were running a workshop and we we're asking people to sit down and tell us what's your values what your beliefs and they're like you want me to talk about myself yeah 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 sure oh okay and they just they go oh I've not really had time to to think about what's important to me because in that everyday rat race we we're always worrying about oh, i've got to get the kids to school or i've got to do this or that but when we take that step back and think yeah what is important to me it's funny isn't it that i think i don't know if you you must experience this man in the work that you do how many of us are actually on the right path of where we're going but is it actually aligned with what's important to us and i know there's a great uh, story in your book about and i see this a lot with a lot of organizations whose values are forced it's not a uh, commitment culture where we've all agreed. It's this is what we do here. This is who we are. Come join us, like it or lump it. And that's it. And, and I remember, especially in my days of going into some of the stores and trying to change a bit of the culture about what's important to you. Well, this is what we do here. Right. OK, but do you believe in that? Well, not really. No. So, so why are you here then? You know, so my question, I guess, here to think about this is, what can we do if, whether it's in our individuals, ourselves, or even in a lot of teams, so a lot of people who listen to this might be in a, a team or an organization where the values are not aligning with where the company is going or even the team, what can we do to start to realign what's important to us to get to where we want to be? Love that question. <laughs> Love that question because you'll get me on my soapbox about it and, and the world is full of 
organizations that have their values listed on their website or you can read them on the back of their packaging or they're in their offices but actually they mean diddly squat and I come from a totally different viewpoint and it was one of the things that we did at Royal Holloway and did incredibly successfully so I know that it works and I've worked with other organizations since then and it does work, but it, it takes time. And the starting block is actually about starting with the individuals themselves and, and getting them to, to explore what their own values are. And, and like you said, we don't do it. We walk around this earth. We don't think, oh, what are my values? What? Yeah, yeah. But actually, it is a, it's a beautifully simple process and one of the the exercises that I get every client that I work with that wants to work with me around their values to do is about it's an exercise called what are you proud of and basically people come along with an item that represents something they're proud of work personal whatever it might be and they talk about it and I am yet to see anyone not moved by what people bring in, but also what they learn about people that they have been working for for years and that they never knew this. And so by that's a starting point. And then it's about bringing those together and looking at what are the common threads. And again, if you look at what's out there, often values are one word. Now, that word so the word of integrity I might use that in a different context to you so you've got to explore and spend time understanding the word that people have picked but what that means to them because by doing that you can find the common threads and then when you find the common threads you can then begin to build the values of the team or the department or the organization and then you're building something really real. And then once you've done that, that's almost the easy part. <laughs> then you have to make the commitment that that is the way that you are going to drive your business. So when we did it at Raw Holloway, the decisions that we made, the conversations that we had, how we ran our meetings, how we designed our customer service was all brought back to, are we delivering to our values and our values at the time were fantastic fresh and fun oh, but you can't brilliant. guess where the fun came from <laughs> but, <laughs> it. but it was you know we were providing a student service and that was right but that took hours and hours of work and I think that so often what happens you get the senior execs in maybe the marketing team we need to decide our values two hours later you've got your values and it isn't like that you know they're so intrinsic yeah to who we are, who we are as organizations that we need to spend the time and effort. Because once you've done that, you've connected everyone without even knowing it, you are bought in as an individual who's been asked to contribute, who can see the connection. You've bought in, you've created that engagement and that gives you a really, really strong foundation. As you said, Argos, that creates the roots that then go through the tree um, and then creates the leaves, the flourishing, the money, yeah. profit, whatever it might be at the top. But you have to have those fundamental roots. And Agreed. 
it there are very few organizations in my opinion that take the time to do that but if you do the rewards are immense I agree. I think a lot of the time, and, and I'm not generalising here, but uh, it, certainly in my experience, I remember seeing lots of businesses I've interacted with that it's focusing on the the bottom line, the income, the business. Well, actually, let's let's talk about the people. The people creates this culture, which then drives everything. And I remember saying to people, you know, going into stores or even uh, meeting new people, you know, what's important to you? And they go, oh don't you want to ask me about my work or um, what I'm doing in the stockroom? No, no, I I want to ask you what's important to you. Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, and I remember even having workshops with with my wonderful team, uh, the Difference Is You team. We used to sit there and we'd ask our teams to write down their values of what's important to them. And then you'd find these light bulb moments that at the end of the day saying, I didn't know that Terry likes Arsenal. Oh, right. Okay. Well, yeah, he really values his time with his family and he goes and watches football. I didn't know I'm an Arsenal supporter too. I'm not really, but I'm just saying, right? But then they go, oh my God, I didn't realise that and I've been working for him for 10 years. And that's the amazing thing is about stepping back and actually looking at what's important. And again, a little passage here from your book, which I thought was bloody brilliant. This It's amazing. Um, Mel has this research in a book from, I think I've got it right, John Hopkins University in the US, I believe. Yeah. Yes. About um, research on post-operative coronary care so with heart disease 90 percent of patients don't make any change to their lifestyle after surgery which means for this in mind for any change to be successful in an organization um, then not only do organizations need to change but so do the people within it and i think that's a powerful link that this is so important everything is about people being human and I've got an episode, this might be out by the time that this comes out, which I've labelled, beware of what you become in pursuit of what you want. It's a classic Jim Rohn phrase. And I started to have that shift recently thinking, what I'm doing right now, these big dreams and ambitions, TEDx, top 10 podcast, is it in line with my values and where I'm going? You know, that big dream and ambition that I want to become, I've got to be aware of the person I'm going to be. You know, am I going to change that person? And is it actually fitting in line with authenticity? If I'm working with people where I cannot be 100% authentic, authentically myself, then that's not right for me. And I need to start thinking about what's in line with that. So it's one of these things, I think, that for anyone listening to this, whether you're in an organization, uh, in a team, or even on your own in a business like me and Mel, it's really important to start thinking about what's important to you and what your beliefs and values are. But Mel, there's um, a great link to this, which is the TEDx. And... Uh, we're going to put a link to this in the show notes. Mel has a wonderful TEDx, and this is kind of how I discovered her um, from the Professional Speaking Association. And in that, you have that great phrase about the uh, the great example where you're going to Don's Lenoir. Don's Lenoir, can't even say it. There we go. But you were talking about how Dan had to combat his own fishnets about being blind and this wonderful experience. But tell us a little bit about your TEDx. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic story, but tell us about that. Okay, so... It was, it was, I've, I love Ted. I, I use it a lot in my work, my own personal development. I love sitting down for 18 minutes and hearing what people have <laughs> to say. It's, it's, it is awesome. So it has always been on my list of, of things to do. But this is from somebody who, when she went to university, <laughs> did anything she could not to speak 
in front of people. So I did everything that I could possibly. It was the biggest fishnet that you could imagine. I mean, I would not go anywhere near speaking in front of people. So to have gone from that to wanting to do a TEDx was a real journey. And my whole journey as a speaker has has been incredible. But yeah, doing TEDx was was amazing. It was it was a tough process to go through. I naively thought that with TEDx, you just sort of went, oh, I'd like to do a TEDx and it, <laughs> it fell in your lap. That's not the case at all. It was it was especially I did it for TEDx Woking. It was a really rigorous process yeah. that that uh, whittled down the you have to make a submission and then you have to do an audition and then there was a second audition and then eventually you heard that that you got through so mine was done during during lockdown as well but the final um talk was recorded at mclaren which is just down the road from yeah. here so that that was lovely at their um i think it's their innovation center learning center it's yeah. an awesome place so so yes it was it was really it, it was a real journey to go on. And I think that like with a lot of things that I do in my life now, if, if I don't, if I feel that I can do better, then I will work with somebody to help me get, get there. So I worked with the brilliant Alan Stevens, who is a, a speech coach, big shout out to him for a, a year, not particularly around TEDx. It was one of my goals, but just about how can I become a, a better better speaker and and through that he wonderfully helped me navigate my ideas around mindset the fish climb trees philosophy and then the key story which is the story of my visit to Don Lenoir which is a restaurant where you eat in the dark and it is an awesome experience it did massively impact my view of the world no pun intended <laughs> um and 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 it's bringing those three layers together to talk about mindset and belief and again that shift from believing you can't to one where you know that you can and and central to the story is Dan who was our waiter who was blind and had been blind since he was a child and just it it was just a wonderful evening and talking to him and talking to him about the fishnets that you know he'd he'd overcome in, in his mind from when he was a small boy he knew that he just wanted to live the life that we live as as sighted people and so his fishnets actually came from everybody else thinking that he couldn't and and trying to to limit him but here he was working and living in London as you and I could do uh just an awesome story which which, when you think about London it's not like a small village it's a very busy place isn't it so to well you know god bless him you know to be blind anyway I can't imagine what that would be like but in a busy hustle and bustle city that's that's gonna have that big fishnet of oh my god am I gonna have a life there so mm. yeah absolutely amazing that that's now happened mm. yeah. yeah um we'll put a link to the show notes because it is a fantastic talk and obviously Mel uh, discusses some of the key themes from the actual book so we'll, we'll finish on this because the book is absolutely uh, amazing we will put a link uh, in this and one of the things I will say is that obviously as I said it has resonated with me 
because of the toxic workplaces that I've been in, the uh, the little um, the toxic rivers, as we said. And there's also some really great personal stories, as we mentioned earlier on, but also some nice NLP little bits in there as well that I've noticed as well, which is really, really good. But one of the things that I wanted to say to finish on this, and then I've got a couple of questions to ask you, is there's a, a moment in there when you talk about when your daughter... Um, when she was born and obviously uh, being playful, creative and going out in like funky yellow pyjamas and tutu skirts and all that sort of thing, which is going to happen to my, my daughter soon, I think, pretty soon, right? But um, the idea about dealing with change and it's just amazing. It really resonated with a similar conversation. We are taught to be just this creative and playful person. And then when you go to school, it kind of gets sucked out of you. And as I was saying to you just before the podcast, you know, I saw Matilda last week in London. It was brilliant. Um, and you see school uniform, it's it's grey, it's dark, it's miserable. And even my own school uniform was maroon. But it was, I mean, maroon, who buys maroon? I don't know. But it was dark maroon. And I often think about when you see, you don't really see a lot of bright colours, do you? But even from a young age, you are kind of stripped of that creativity and you're just stripped to conform right within the lines this is preparing you for adulthood. So we, we have no chance, do we, to kind of deal with change because we're stripped away from a young age. But I love that. That really resonated uh, with me. And I think it is a fantastic book. Where can people find this if they want a copy of the book? They can find it in all, uh, or on, all good, on. Uh, let me put my teeth back in, <laughs> all good online retailers. So Amazon, Foils, all of them, the book is stocked with them all. Fantastic. And for any listener listening to this episode, Mel has kindly donated a signed copy of this book. If you're watching this little clip, it's not this one because I've folded lots of pages in it. But we are going to give away a signed copy. Now, Mel, if someone wants to win or have a chance of winning the signed copy of your book, how can they win a copy of your book? So thinking about what we've been talking about, about creativity and fishnets, I think it would be really fun to just get people to share what their fishnets look like, how they imagine their fishnets to be. Because <laughs> in the world of fish climb trees, there, there is no right or wrong. It's our interpretation of it. So I would love to see people's interpretation of their fishnets. And if they can put them on any social media, tagging in you and I, and we will award the book to whichever we think is the greatest interpretation <laughs> of fishnets. I love that. Thank you, Mel. We'll put some information in the show notes about that. Thank you, Mel. Well, look, Mel, I've got two questions to ask you before we end the podcast. Thank you, obviously, for coming on. You've been absolutely brilliant. What is your advice for someone that might be in that toxic river right now, the first step of not feeling happy, maybe a little bit frustrated with where they are in life, maybe they want to get to somewhere better, what advice would you say to them right now? Sometimes when we're in those situations, when we're feeling stark or overwhelmed, it can really, really feel like there is no way out. We just, we're just so overwhelmed. The truth is there is always a choice. We always have a choice. No matter how crap something is, we have a choice about how we respond to it. And so I think acknowledging that in the first instance, and it may not feel like it. And when I'm feeling stuck, I go for a walk. So I would say to, if you're feeling like that, go do something that you really enjoy. 
don't don't think about it whether it's playing with your new baby daughter <laughs> or going to watch Matilda or going for a walk or going for a swim or going to the gym just go do something that you really enjoy and get to that place where eventually the brain turns off but know that you can come back and that you'll have opened the choices to what you do because doing what you've always done will only get you what you've always got uh, you, you know a well-known saying absolutely true know that you can do something different and don't expect too much of yourself you know change little steps is better rather than trying to go well I'm going to change it all in a day be realistic and, and be kind to yourself as well and this is a technique that I use often in, in my coaching when I hear somebody really berating themselves really stuck I ask them to think about somebody that they really love admire uh, somebody that's really close to them and ask them if they were in that situation what is the advice that you would give them and they do it and even before they finish they know where they're going and they're like oh okay <laughs> but it works it, it really works so I think for that first step is knowing there is always a choice you always have the power to choose what you do incredible and my second from last question now what is your top tip for unlocking how to be the best version of ourselves Ooh. for me it's about not being afraid to look in the mirror because all of this work to be the best version of ourselves we have to realize that we we are beautifully imperfect and we have to accept that about ourselves we cannot change completely so I think that that's the first step and being willing to look in that mirror see what we love but also be really honest with ourselves about what we need to change what we didn't do so well but doing it in a loving and compassionate way because we can't hope to change anybody else in the world. The only person we can change is ourselves. And so being comfortable with that mirror, loving ourselves, but being really, really honest as well. I love that. It's amazing. Well, Mel, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. If people want to find out more about you and your work, where can they find you? Well, I hang out on all the usual uh, social media platforms. So, so LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, I've just got an Instagram account, so hey, <laughs> a bit slow brilliant. on the update. Yay! <laughs> um, so you can find me on all the, the usual social media channels. My website is called Fish Climb Trees. Uh, you can email me at mel at fishclimbtrees.co.uk. And yeah, love to hear from anyone that's listened and hear what they thought about the show. Brilliant. And Mel, it'd be my honour uh, if you'd let me. I'd love to finish our episode together with the final passage from your book if that'd be okay of course Perfect. i think this is a great way to sum this up so uh, so firstly thank you mel for coming on the show and as mel writes in the book remember this is your life your lifetime your legacy don't be defined by your past or your present choose your future join the transformation revolution and choose to be the fish that climbed a tree 
Brilliant. Love it. Mel, thank you very much. You've been an absolute pleasure. Good luck to you and all the best. Thank you. There we go. Thank you, Mel, for coming onto the show. You're an absolute pleasure to have onto the show. Now, don't forget, you can win a signed copy of the book, When Fish Climb Trees. All you have to do is share your interpretation of what your fishnets look like. What are your limiting beliefs? Share it on social media. Tag Mel Luizu. Tag me, Ricky Locke. And we will announce the winner after the 14th of March 2022. And we'll have that signed copy sent to you. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you did like it, then head over to Apple Podcasts, share some love, or Podchaser or Spotify. Leave us a rating and a review and let us know what you think to this episode. And as always, thank you to the amazing patrons of this podcast. Sherry Brenton, Steve McDermott, Anthony Howe, and Rory Barnes for your continued support. Thank you for listening to this episode. And don't forget, you'll get another episode of Unlocked every Wednesday. Goodbye. <laughs>